for listening to episode 11 of Book Off Banter. This episode, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of inspirational books that we've read that have really helped our mindsets. I also really wanted to share some of the hysterical trotter songs and outfits that people have sent us in. And we thought we'd have to mention Christmas because it's just around the corner now and all horsey girls love an excuse for yet more tack. Yeah. Can I just say something before we carry on? Yep. I think we need to make a promise to all of our Buck Off Banter listeners, there will not be ever any political or election talk on these podcasts. Oh, Christ, no. Agreed. Unless those parties say, like, Clarendon boots of joy for everybody, <laughs> we're not interested. We're not interested. We're not going to talk about it. This is an election-free zone from now yeah, on. That Agreed? Is way, way too serious for me. Yeah, life, life's too short for that shit. We're just yeah. here to talk about horsey stuff. I Excellent. mean, I'd probably okay. vote for them if, like, they were going to reduce lorry free or something like something or like free arena free arenas for everybody yeah. i'd be all over that they'd get my vote but but their policies the could time, be anything really yeah i mean to be fair yeah but so we are we're promising you now unless they do start offering free arenas reduce lorry case, tax to be fair all of our listeners would be all over it surely exactly exactly that's maybe i should run maybe i should run and make that promise because anyway but we're not we're not interested in election stuff. We know it's all going on, but not here. No. Now Strictly pretty Christmas pony embellishments. Yeah. Yeah. And fuck ups that we do. Okay, let's go. So thought we'd have a quick catch up and <laughs> yeah. I have not got my ponies yet. <gasps> they haven't arrived. No, I'm so annoyed. Do you know what it is? My life is just like a shit show. If it can yeah. go wrong, it will go wrong for me. So I know that feeling. I used this trans. Well, I didn't use this transporter, but I attempted otherwise I would have been there to use this transporter who has got amazing reviews. I even like one of the ponies' owners said they've had really good experiences, and he has literally dropped off the face of the earth. So he kept mm. promising, I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Oh yeah, they're definitely coming. I'm going to pick them up in a couple of days. Oh yeah, definitely tomorrow. Yeah, I'm definitely- Oh no. In the end, I've had to scrap that and use a different tr- like transport company. So the ponies are leaving on Friday and we're going to get them on Monday. So... Where are they coming from? It's going to take three days. Like, when she said that, I was like, they're not coming from Dubai. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. No, um, it's because we're using gillies and they don't like the ponies to travel for too long. So they have stables in Ireland and stables in Scotland. So the ponies will, you know, get a chance to rest, which ultimately is really good for them. But I was a bit like you. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Are you riding them again? Because I can ride them, save myself some money. (laughs) By the time I got to England, I'm sure it'd be broken. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. They'll Actually, be, no they'll know exactly what they're doing. Be properly we'll broken. Be well, well and truly <laughs> broken, won't they? Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, oh, so that's, that's um... my first shitty news. Um, <laughs> my second news is I went to a, a pony party. I actually got to a show. Oh, my God. I know. I was Where's... really excited. How's John? They were really, really good. Um, I just went out and... So I'll kind of explain it probably a bit more because it ties into the book review, which we're going to do. But basically, I wasn't going to go because I thought they're underprepared. And I just, you know, I was having a bit of a, is there any point? And then this book 
basically gave me a kick up the arse and I was like yes there's a point Manny's yeah so even if I just go out and jump a British novice yeah great like you know it's a good chance to go and iron out some of my little things that I'm not happy with how Mm -hmm. I ride it's not about ego um big theme of absolutely so yeah. I was like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to jump a British novice. Well, for a start, the bastard didn't look at anything. I mean, he's not spooky with jumps, but he's just nosy. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't at all. But it was really good. They yeah. jumped really nicely. I was happy with how I rode, which is really unusual for me. Um, and so, yeah, the book, the book has helped. Yeah, because I think sometimes that's really important that we don't get hung up on going out every time and doing better. So, oh, yeah. this time I... I must go out and jump a bigger class. This time I must go out and do X, Y, and Z. It's really important that sometimes we just go out and consolidate a little bit. Just go, mm-hmm. well, actually, you know, this time I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a schooling round, if you will. And this, I'm going to maybe jump, say, a British novice. I'm going to do this and I'm going to work on X, Y, and Z. Because sometimes, like you say, you just get so caught up, don't you? I'm thinking where you have to go next. Yeah. That you that you forget to maybe I don't know just enjoy the moment you're in. So yeah, going out and having a great time and coming away thinking yeah I rode well and the horses jumped well. But it doesn't matter what size the fences are because that is the best, isn't it? So yeah. good for you, so, mate. I know I got out. <laughs> Very excited. Well done. Whereas on the other hand, me. So it's all been a bit quiet here. Um, I had a little operation on my arm. I had a little lump which had been there for a while. And um, all of a sudden, over the last sort of 18 months, it suddenly went very, very big. Initially, when I got it, I'd had it checked out and was told it was a lipoma. So there was nothing to worry about. And I, for people that don't know, a lipoma is what's called a benign tumour. So anyway, I had this uh, lipoma. It sat there for, eight, for years and nothing had happened. And all of a sudden, over the last 18 months, it suddenly went really, really big. And that can be a bit, bit of a cause for concern medically and also it was it got to the stage where I was really self-conscious about it I couldn't wear a t-shirt because people were always looking at it and they would often ask me what it was um and then the icing on the cake with it all was it obviously reached the stage where it was pressing on the nerves and I'd lost a little bit of function in my left hand that was why my plaques were so shit and that's what I'm telling everybody okay (laughs) it was because of this lump pressing on the nerves um, so kind of, I just reached a stage where something had to be done about it. Um, so yeah, so I was went into hospital uh, last week and uh, had it done, and I was able, very very lucky. It was borderline whether I'd be able to have a general or a local anaesthetic. Um, I was really lucky that they decided I was able to have it locally. Um, which, but that was the weirdest thing ever. You know, you know it's going on, yeah. like, and they're like cutting. And anyway. Um, then he started and then he was like, oh, this is a bit deeper than we thought. However, at the end of the day, I came out and it was all good. And then I was told, you know, you must take it easy. So for the first two days, I did take it very, very easy. To be fair, it fucking hurt. So I was going to take it. I was like, I'm really, I kept crying. I was a bit pathetic. I'm really sore. Then I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I feel fine. I feel, I can, it was a bit sore if I touched it. So of course, I went and rode like you do and then I was sore again it really obviously rising wasn't the right <laughs> thing to do so I was sore but then I thought no 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 I'll just I'll rest it for a bit take a bit of paracetamol take my painkillers and whatever I'll ride again on the Saturday so I rode again and now I am again really quite sore with it in hindsight maybe I should have just waited perhaps until this weekend or not maybe jump back in the saddle straight thing. away oh, um, 
I bet the doctors the are worst. like these twatting horse riders. Because so funny. So I was in, in the hospital um, a couple of days ago for the appointment. You know that I went and it was the wrong one. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually had the appointment, um, which is because I'm having quite a lot of trouble with an old brake, which has got a plate and screws in it and um, debating whether or not to take it out because there's like problems with the nerve and whether that's going to be affected and all this sort of jazz. So anyway, um, I said to him, like my first concern was, so if you do the operation, how long can I not ride for? And he said, oh, it'll be good. He said, it'll be a lot better than last time. He said, probably like three to four weeks. I was like, well, that's not, that's not good. That's not good, mate. Like, that's not good. I didn't. Do you know what I did there? This is where I went wrong. Well, I went right because I didn't ask. I thought if I don't ask, uh, they can't tell me when I can get back and tell. I can just get back on when I want. So then he it turns said out to that me, maybe these people know these what they're talking about, don't they? So you know. So then he said, um, the only thing is, like, you're going to have a lot of holes in your arm. Obviously, where all the screws. Yeah, yeah. Are. I really wouldn't want you to fall off on it for sort of three mm. to four months. I was like, he said, so you'd have to be careful. I said, well, I am careful. I'm never <laughs> looking to fall off. I can't be any more careful than I'm careful now. It's just, it doesn't matter for me. Like, no. So he just kind of looked at me and I said, well, what do you think? And he was like, oh, just let me know what you want to do. Like, he was literally just like. Yeah, just resigned, like, just resigned, no. resigned. Yeah. So I also like, I, <laughs> it's all been stitched up and everything. And then I had like these stary strips over the top. And of course, because I've tried to do too much, I've ripped all the steri strips. So fortunately, obviously, my husband's a doctor, so he's put some more steri strips on. And I hate, I'm, I'm dreading him because he's late home on tonight. But I've got to tell him again that I've ripped those steri strips as well. <laughs> so basically, this because as soon as I feel okay, I mean, the problem is, is even if I'm resting, I still have to take water down to the fields, yeah. and I still have to take bales of haylage, and I still have to, and it's that, and it keeps pulling on the the wound so I am supposed to be back at work on Thursday I've got to go and see the surgeon on Thursday morning at nine o'clock um but I'm doubtful whether he's gonna let me go back <laughs> he's just gonna be like what have you been doing this most Why got thing in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so um but you know I can't grumble because actually when I, they initially wanted to cut it out you know and I was like I'll be really I was going but can it be after October? And he's like, why is there something really important after October? Of course, it's just when the event season ends, you know, but I didn't tell him that. I was like, after October. So, you know, they were really good like that. And actually, I'm trying to be relaxed about it. You know, it could have been a much more busier time. You know, Vince isn't bothered about having a bit of time off um, or just working lightly. So, yeah, um, overdid it made myself sore so now I'm really having to rest so standard horsey protocol basically pretty much yeah but I will might try and ride tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) anyway so should we start with some of our trot up things our trot up I love this yeah yeah so So, when we were talking about the music because we were saying we should make it like you know when dance players come out yeah and I was thinking about it and I said, what can I, and I kept going for like all these, like, I have the tiger and all that. Like, really I'm amazed these, like, you motor- have the climb. No, you can't. Have you tried to run to that? <laughs> you can't run to the climb. It's a very slow-mo. It would be Your a very slow-motion run, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, that's just a motivational song that I listen to. Well, who Have a glass of wine on an empty stomach, <laughs> possibly cry a little. No, that's not my trot-up song. That's my, my, so I thought about it. I know what mine one is. Okay. Do you remember that song 
is it by Chumbawamba? I get knocked get down, knocked but I get up. That's a good <laughs> one. Think? That will be my one. I'm going to be pegging it down to that one. Yeah, that's Especially good. the fact that it also talks about all that alcohol. She drinks a whiskey drink. Basically, yeah. she drinks a gin. She drinks a gin. She drinks a gin and a wine. I'll just change the lyrics for that. That's a really but good one. I get knocked down, but I get up again. That's me every time. So my first... Oh, you haven't two? Well, no, I, I thought I'm not having... Oh. Was I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> because yeah. Because I thought... <laughs> I do. Um, but no, I'm going to have Hall of Fame. Because... That one? We did this last time. You didn't know there was then either. Look, I'm going to send this to you. By the yeah, script. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it makes, you know, when you, when you hear a song and it makes you like feel like, oh, I can do this. I mean, I never can. Yeah. But for those no. few moments, I'm like, oh, I can smash this. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. No, no, you don't. It's all fine. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And obviously, people love the fact that we went for these uh, food items yeah. and nipple tassels. <laughs> um, the woman that sent me, in um, the shoe buns, that she was going to oh, wear a tutu with shoe buns. She brilliant. like my hero. We also had Rianne Williams, who said that she was going to have Sissy That Walk because she said her horse struts. And then Perfect. So- I said, so what are you gonna um what are you gonna have as your outfit? And she was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go as a drag queen, aren't I? So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are. What's wrong with that? Obviously, when when I wear any makeup, I look like a drag queen. Well, anyway, no, she was so. worried about the heels, the running in those big heels. Just a bit of, just a bit of practice, Rianne. Come <laughs> just, on, get with just it. Just a bit of practice. Um, <laughs> Come on, be well, a bit more committed now, girl. We had um, Alexis Haynes who wanted Darth Vader. And oh I my said, God, yeah, I read that one. That's good. I said you couldn't... Like, dun, um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you couldn't run to that. Though. That You'd was almost to... like my Australian accent there, wasn't it? <gasps> oh my I goodness. Was... We've had an Australian... She sent me a really lovely message. It was just to say that she was really enjoying the podcast. and um, okay. But she also said... Would Carla like some help? I am an Australian and I can offer some help with her accent. <laughs> yes, I would love that. I would love to be able to bust that. Maybe if we could do it secretly. I'm going to contact her and I'm going to do it secretly so that when like one day you'll be just like recording with me and I'll break out this really good Australian <laughs> accent, but I won't let you know I'm doing it. And you're like proper freak out. You'll be like, is Carla talking in an Australian accent or have I gone mental? As it's like this the stress of trying to record this podcast finally got to me or is she talking in an Australian accent mind you I have given it away now so yeah um yeah any outfits oh we had loads actually not a lot of outfits more songs more the music yeah yeah yeah. we had like living on a prayer and yeah I can see that Benny Hill theme tune I like that one I think if you had a small horse and you were like ran really really fast that would be really funny Earthquake by Labyrinth. I really like good. that Good. That's a really good choice. Yeah. Oh, I might steal that one. Yeah, I really like that one. People got right into it, didn't they? I yeah. love that they got to really took on board with this. I know. Because it, stuck, it wasn't something... It, we just came up with it rather stupidly, didn't we? When yeah. We were talking and people were like, this is great. But someone messaged and said that... Oh, I can't remember where it was. Like, I feel like maybe Bramham or something. That the riders got to choose 
in the music when they went they did their dressage the dre- yeah into the chumble dr- i'm gonna go to blenheim guys you can <laughs> all count on me i think it was blenheim so I, we, I remember we just need to that. get to blenheim that's all we need to do where, where, who, where however it was i think it's quite a high level though <laughs> i mean um, let's do it i'm gonna go for it why not yeah, I mean, and then I'll let put it out totally there. Achievable. When I do go, when I go, yeah, absolutely. Just read a few more motivational books, and I'm away. <laughs> um, when I when I go, maybe we'll put it out to the podcasters, the people that listen, and they can choose my music. Yeah, that would be They're good. Gonna, so um, if I get the opportunity to go to something where you can choose your own music, I'm promising you all now <laughs> that the podcasters can choose the music that I go into. I'm looking. It was it was Brahman. So it's Brahman you're aiming for. Um, so I think that's um, false. I think that's four star. But that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Why not? I think. It but was yeah, Rianne, I mean, Rianne Williams that had um, had sent a message as well, and she had said that she was desperate to do a dressage to music, so that she could um, she could do it to some really alternative music and shock all the dressage judges. Yeah, that coaches. would be funny. That would be really funny, wouldn't it? I was trying to find like it. Like the strip tease sheet, you know, like, oh my God, where's this going? You can leave your hat on, especially with the new FBI rules where they're not allowed to wear top hats anymore. That you would can be very leave relevant. your hat on. And then you can have somebody could just whisper at the top, but it has to be like a safety cap, not a top hat. <laughs> you can leave your hat on. Like that. That'd be really good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be good. Yes, yeah, so Rianne had written, um, one of my life goals is to compete my horse in a dressage to music competition to sassy that walk, just so I can watch the judges' faces. They'd be expecting a fancy classical number and instead they'd get us trotting down the centre line, hair tossing at X instead of halting and finishing with a death drop. It would actually be me just falling off, but I could smooth it over and say <laughs> it was a dance move. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm with you, I'm with you. To yeah. be fair, I think... I think if I played some sort of comedy-esque music to a lot of my dressage tests, it probably wouldn't surprise the judges much more than the actual <laughs> tests I do now anyway. <laughs> because most of the time they have a look on their face like, is she meaning to do this shit? What the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. If I just went all hog and played like Benny Hill theme tune as I was doing it, it'd probably make a lot more sense to them, if I'm honest. They'd probably go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get this now. So yeah, brilliant. I love that one. I love that topic that people got on board with it. It was so much fun. Yeah. So I think the next thing that we want people to message us in with is what are you getting for Christmas? Obviously, we're not yeah. interested in anything that's not horsey. Um, well, yeah. All about the horsey stuff. So I have written my list. I did have suggest, you? yeah, I always do. I'm like a six-year-old. Okay. Um, I think I probably write my list before Henry writes his. Um, mm. I did at one point say to Ben, if you want to, I can just not write a list and you could just buy me three and a half ton horse box. And he just yeah, laughed at me. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of I said, I would have got that reaction too. going to happen. So I thought I will just write a list. So I've asked for some blinkers and some earmuffs, very show jumper, because we like our horses. Earmuffs. Yeah. You know, those earmuffs for the horse. Like those like, things that go over your head with like light head earmuffs. <laughs> no, it's what I call the silent fly veils. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes forget that other people don't 
You don't like doing that. They're not inside my head. Oh, because like for me, earmuffs are like with well, like these headphones that we're wearing now. Yeah, but fluffy. No, you you're right. Warm. But it's like I call my earmuffs. I call head collars hats and things. So like when people have come okay. to help me, I'm like, oh, can you just put that one's hat on and that one's dress yeah. on and that one needs its rain mac? Yeah, um, no, I do coats, pajamas. Everything. Yes. That's perfectly normal, but earmuffs are not normal. You do <laughs> so, know that, don't you? So you want some earmuffs? <laughs> so I want some okay. earmuffs and some blinkers to keep the horses blind and deaf. I would like some stable drapes because <laughs> everybody needs curtains for the stables. Obviously. And a quarter sheet. So, oh, and some warm gloves. So I think that is the most show jumpery, ridiculous nonsense list ever. Mm. I gave it to Ben. He just rolled his eyes and was like, fuck's sake. I know. Well, I, I'm like you. I tend to write a list for my husband. I, t- I email it to him yeah. with links where he can buy That's, the exact I thing I want. Exactly, because yeah. the danger we have with my husband is he, him going off list. So I range it from the ridiculous, the three and a half ton horse box, right down to the, a pair of socks, basically. Yeah. Um, and so he can choose anything off that list. And the theory is I get stuff that I want or need, and but I don't know exactly what I'm getting. That's, so I'm yeah, still getting exactly surprises I when I open it. So this is what I do. But my husband does still sometimes go off list and there is nothing more disappointing in my life. Every fucking year. Can I just put this out here now? Because he doesn't listen to this podcast. Every fucking year, he buys me a dressing gown. I've got about eight dressing gowns. Mm. Right? No one needs that amount of dressing gowns. Also, the last one he bought me, lovely dressing gown, it makes me feel like I'm going through the fucking change when I'm wearing it. It gives me like, <laughs> it's so thick. I like sitting there, like, oh, I'm having not flush. I'm having not flush. Oh, no, it's just this fucking really thick dressing gown. I would love that. Got. Tell me where he, where you got that. I'm a, he got it, to be fair, because I'm a really cold person. I always yeah, keep my coat on. I've always got... But this, 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 I don't know who they made this dressing gown for. I don't know. Possibly a snowman or somebody made of actual ice. So yeah, the dressing gown thing. But he gets me one every year. And now I think he feels like he has to like buy me one. Because I think he thinks tradition that I like that you it. Love. <laughs> tradition I love. So yeah, he goes a bit off list. That's like so. last year. I said to Ben, because you know, in your stocking, you just get shit. Yeah. And I thought, it's such a waste, isn't it? And it's stressful for him mm. because men aren't good at like the little knick-knacky thing. No, they are, men aren't good at present buying full no, stuff. No, they're not. They? Hence the, the WhatsApp useless. list. So I thought, I'm going to say to him, look, why don't you just go to the tax shop and just get sort of things that would be useful? You know, I thought yeah, things like, I'm going to buy anyway, like saddle horsey, soap. Yeah, horsey shampoo, like... And probably yeah, just yeah. a little bit maybe nicer than I would have gone and just got the cheapest like yeah. Aldi shampoo or whatever. So... It was one, like, of the just shittest mane and tail. And that was That's it. what you told him to do, to be fair. That was it. Oh. I was like, oh, I think you maybe just didn't quite get what I meant with that. They don't, they don't get it. Jill. I can tell you the story. The problem I've got at the moment, and I'm having to keep very, very quiet, is I we actually need a new Hoover. Uh, I'm not saying anything yet. I'm not because you want to. Okay, well, it will get me a Hoover for Christmas. Fucking gets me a Hoover for Christmas. I'll shove it right where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> On I mean it now. You'll be having to extract a Hoover from places he shouldn't be extracting one from. I tell you, he does that. Well, you get in there first. You get him one. That's a good idea. Actually, I should do. I'll so buy him a don't Hoover for mention Christmas. the Hoover. 
And then like maybe the day before, just go, the hoof is completely broken. And then on Christmas morning, say, but don't worry. <laughs> but don't worry. He never hoovers anyway, to be fair. But um, yeah, I might do that. I might buy him a hoover for Christmas. Thing is, like, he's not very good at buying presents. What Sam does is he just buys lots and lots of random shit and then mm-hmm. allocates it to people. He doesn't right. like go, oh, Carla would like that. He just, he has bought some like soap and glory sets and boots when he's going, oh, Carla can have one of those. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, he just allocates something to me. And I always remember one year and it was quite a long time ago now. I think we only had Isaac at the time. And it was when the iPhones first came out and I really wanted an iPhone. And so I said, oh, will you get me an iPhone for Christmas? And he said, oh, they're really expensive. And I said, yeah, but... Anyway, open Christmas Day and there was like a little box and it looked kind of iPhone-ish size. Oh, oh my God. God. So he's got me an iPhone. So I unwrapped it and it was an Air Zooka. So basically, this was a thing. It was shaped like a funnel and you pulled this thing back and it fired basically a ball of air at people. It was a gun that fired air. I wanted an iPhone and I got that. So I opened it and I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck is this? So anyway, he went, no, 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 no. He said, that's not at all. Open it. <laughs> he's obviously bought an iPhone and he's put it in this box to make me think. But I haven't. Anyway, I opened it. It was a couple of CDs. He just couldn't be asked to wrap them. So I got an Air Zooka and two CDs, but not an iPhone. I always make, I always remind him of that every year now. Every year when I send him my list, I go, remember Air Zooka year, darling. <laughs> In a way, <laughs> Do you want another Christmas like can, that? The only way is up. No, this is my husband we're talking about here. Okay, oh. that that's not that's not how it works. It's, it's not the only way. <laughs> no, it, it can go off at all sort of tangents when it comes to my husband buying a present. Um, Why you know, are men so shit? <laughs> I don't know. It's the not hard. Was, the best thing was we've been married. I was a bit offended by this. We've been married fifteen years. We were watching I'm a Celebrity last night and they were bringing home their care packages mm-hmm. and they were all having like their little snack. Like yeah. obviously their family gone, oh, such such loves Doritos. We'll put, we'll put them in that. And so Sam went to me, he said, what would you put in my care package? And I said, oh, easy, frazzles. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, frazzles. So then I said to him, what would you put in my care package? And he went, mm, you know, like them yogurt covered raisins. <laughs> I was like, yogurt? I... Right, by yogurt covered raisins. I have never eaten a yogurt covered <laughs> raisin in my life. I just say it's a good time that you got this in before Christmas because they could have been in your stocking. I was like, yogurt covered raisins. And I went to him, he went, Yeah, but they'd be really good in the jungle. He said, because like they give you load of energy and stuff like that. I went, I don't think you're understanding what the care package is to start off with. You're, what kind of fuck I mean, is that? I, <laughs> I'm actually still quite upset by him if I'm honest. Yogurt <laughs> covered fucking raisin. Me and Ben played that as well last night. <laughs> I wonder if everyone in the whole of the country last night was like, what would you put in mine? <laughs> I wanted a salted caramel brownie. Um, I'd go, I'd be all over that. And then I, well, Ben said he was going to give me those um, salted caramel M&Ms, which to be fair is a good shout because they are. Yeah, yeah, you'd, be, the you'd win with that, wouldn't you? the whole world. Um, I said I was going to put cheese in his. And then I said, oh, maybe fudge. And he was like, fudge every day. He was like, do yeah. not. If you send me cheddar instead of fudge, honestly, we're going to have words when I get home. Well, that's what I don't understand about Sam because I eat so many bags of crisps. I love crisps. Love crisps. Love them, though. I, I'd have crisps over chocolate. 
So surely if he just went, oh, I'd sit you in. He didn't have to think about it much. I'll sit you in a bag of salt and vinegar. I would have been all over that. Yogurt covered raisins. That's just... Anyway, imagine, imagine if everybody else around you was opening fudge and brownie and frazzles and you got yogurt covered raisins. <laughs> imagine the look I'd on stay, your face. I'd stay in the fucking work forest or whatever it is. What is it? Jungle. <laughs> jungle. I'd stay. I'd stay in the forest. I'd stay in the jungle, mate. I'd rather stay here eating kangaroo anus and come out and uh, live with you again after you've sent me in yogurt covered raisins, covered, you know, in my care package. What? Oh, you made me really cross that. So anyway, um, at, when it comes to Christmas, my actual Christmas list, I have, I have gone a little bit off. There's not a lot. I'm well. I need. I do need a new lorry debating whether to go back down go down to a trailer and car because i need a new car too so either of those that would be fine might put those on my list could do with a new saddle but i do love my saddle at the moment so that's great i should jump both uh my dress (laughs) all right so we've got a three half turn a dressage saddle a jump saddle yeah my 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 dressage saddle my current one is a synthetic one um, so that would be priority, I think. And then I'm taking this very seriously, as you can tell. <laughs> Clearly. And then obviously, I'm not going to get any of those. Henry James do an amazing um, breastplate, um, which is FEI legal because it's got a neck strap which is attached. So the can I just say, I thought that I was being unreasonable with my stable curtains. You, you are taking this to a new level. Yeah, but all my stuff's already old, so I'm going to like go for it because I won't get any of it. I'll get fucking yogurt covered raisins and an air zuka, <laughs> won't I, if I'm lucky. <laughs> so anyway, so that breast, the breast, because the current breastplate I worked out the other day, I have had for 18 years and I'm still using it now. So maybe time for a new one. Maybe. Um, I do need a new stud girth too. But so any of those would be fine. And then, and then I'm going to be quite sensible. I just also need some new socks, riding socks, you know, like knee high riding socks and um you don't wear those no do you only wear one pair of socks what do you mean like just normal socks i just wear do you wear them inside your breeches or outside outside so you have like the inside of like your breeches up against your leg yeah i didn't know there was i didn't know you didn't do that oh maybe i'm wrong i do i wear maybe i might try your way i wear two pairs of socks so i have like well, they're both thin, quite thin ones, but they keep your feet warmer too. So I wear a thin pair of socks, and then I put my breeches over the top of the thin, and then I wear a knee-high pair over the top. Okay, I don't think that's normal. People, uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> am I weird? Or am I weird? <laughs> Maybe we're both weird. I've always worn two pairs of socks. I don't really like wearing two pairs of socks. I think it Even feels funny on your toes. I like my toes to be able to wiggle. I would feel restricted. They're only made of fabric. (laughs) They're not made of steel or something. Like, oh, must have been toes. So anyway, anyway, I want some new socks and some nice warm gloves because I've got like, I've got zero gloves at the moment. I've got, I think I've got one pair. I don't know where they've all gone. So yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. That's, um, that's all I want. I've also, not a hoover. Asked for a coat that is genuinely waterproof. Not a horsey coat. A coat that doesn't make me resemble a sponge every time it rains. It's not going to happen. No such thing exists. Yeah, like what? What is it with that? Shitting up. 
like I feel in the maybe world, you need a in the maybe world, you need like there a must be a coat that stops mm. rain. There's got to be. Ben has been tasked with finding that coat. Well, yeah, he's only got four weeks or something now, isn't it? Yeah, he's gonna have to work four hard. Weeks to, four weeks in the sun, doesn't it? People don't expect your horses to be shod from now until Christmas. Ben has been given a Christmas mission. Ben's looking for a coat. <laughs> Ben's looking for the holy grail of coats. He is. <laughs> um, so, are we going to move on to our inspirational, life-changing books? Which you can yeah. all ask for for Christmas. This is perfect time. Put, put them on your Christmas list. Please do put them on your Christmas list. Absolutely. So the first book is the book that Carla was talking about. Um on the last episode which I bought and quickly read and I that it. is by Aunt Middleton and it's called yep. Fear Bubble yeah um, have you found it at times I was a bit like mm, I'm not sure if I'm getting this but then there was enough in it that I was like yeah this is really really good that it is yeah. 100% worth a read there are, I oh. think there'll probably be bits of it where you're a bit like, mm, maybe. But that's the case. That's the case for any sort of book like that. I think. I think that, um, like, I read the Chimp Paradox many, many oh, years ago. Fuck me, I couldn't read that. I read like, exactly. The first and I just wanted to bash my head against a wall. Well, uh, not but just like, I read a little the first bit of it about identifying sort of like the chimp and whatever, and I love that bit. Mm-hmm. And then it went really weird, yeah. and I was like, no, this is shit. So I think. If you go into the, but this, uh, but for me, the Anne Middleton book, for me, there wasn't one part of it that didn't make sense. Yeah. Just, just because of the way I'm wired, I think. And I absolutely adore this book. I, I, th- I actually think it has changed my life. It has given me a massive, massive perspective on stuff. Because I have been gone through my life and a lot of it feeling a little bit like I'm a failure because I get scared okay so I kind of think to myself well I'm not brave I'm not a brave person because I get I get frightened so I'm sat there shitting myself at a competition or shitting myself about going to a even training sometimes even going for a lesson I get myself in a state about I get myself worked up about other stuff and I'm thinking well I'm I'm useless because I shouldn't be feeling frightened about this everyone else I'm looking around everyone else is managing and coping and they're not scared and actually, and for so long, I must have like, I read The Chimp Paradox. I did, oh my God, I've done all sorts of stuff. I had hypnotherapy. I had, I did this weird thing where I tapped on myself. <laughs> um, I've done so many things trying basically to not feel afraid. And then this book, how it changed my life and revolutionized me, is all of a sudden it actually said, actually, it's fine to feel yeah. afraid. Not only that, it's actually good as long as you keep it to very small areas, which is the bubble that he talks about, the fear bubble. Because yeah. if you're constantly afraid, that's when it becomes draining. And I think the problem I was doing was because I was trying to pretend I wasn't feeling afraid, mm-hmm. I, basically what I was doing was just letting this, these nerves and this fear just last, you know, like for example, I'll, I can give you an example of like the night before an event once, uh, someone put the course pictures up they bought the course and they put the course pictures up on, on, on a page I'm on. and I looked through them and at the time um, Vince was a little bit ditchy and they'd put this and it was a trichina well quite frankly after I'd seen that picture it may as well have been Vicarage V or something because yeah. as far as I was concerned it was unjumpable 
we weren't going to jump it we weren't going to get any further so I laid in bed that night and I literally hardly slept because I was worried about jumping this trichina um and then the next morning and so basically from like the night before I was feeling fear so by the time I got to the competition I performed terribly because I was just exhausted I'd been I'd had this anxiety and this adrenaline flowing for so long I just got there and like I said I just it was not, I had nothing left to give I was yeah. just exhausted I'd wasted all this energy and worry about a fence actually it turned out the fucking horse jumped without even considering yeah so so basically for me for people that haven't read the book um this guy this guy Ant is a nutter basically and he was based the first man in in some very very dangerous situations and so you can imagine there's us we're getting our knickers in a knot about going for a lesson where we know really that we're safe. This guy put himself in situations where he wasn't safe. He was going through doors, not knowing if there was someone waiting to kill him on the other side. I mean, that's the ultimate, isn't it? Do you know, if anyone's going to feel scared, he's got every right to. And yet he was able to break this fear down into these specific bubbles that he stepped into, worked through and burst. And he then identified that these burst in these fear bubbles became quite addictive to him didn't they yeah so and i think that for us horse people we we've been bursting these bubbles we're not knowing that we have been because you don't do cross country but if you ever talk really to you have done in the past because i've seen the picture actually of you in your west trot boots <laughs> when you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um if you talk to any eventer and they you say to them okay give me one reason why you event and i would say 80 percent of them will say that feeling when you finish cross country yeah. Because there's no feeling like it. It's completely undescribable. Um, you know, even if you haven't had the best, most brilliant of rounds. And that's just us bursting our fear bubble. So, yeah. I guess it's the same for you with show jumpers, isn't it? Like you said, you jumped that fox hunter recently. Yeah. And you must have felt amazing when you came out. Yeah, I was so happy. And, yeah, what I quite liked in a similar sort of thing was, um, you know, when his, there's a bit where his son um, is going to go, mm. he does like a martial arts or something. and his son is becoming completely overwhelmed and he asks him to describe what he's actually feeling. This son says, I think he says, I'm scared and I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And he says, no, what exactly are you feeling mm. right now? And then he channels that and changes it into a positive. And I yeah. thought that was, that was quite powerful. And probably yeah. my favorite bit in the bit that I've used to, um, to go to the show this weekend is the ego versus pride thing. Yeah, I love that bit, yeah. That bit for me. And I thought, you know, yeah, often it is more ego with me. Like, I'm not going to go and jump exactly. for a British novice because what will people think of me? And they'll just yeah. think, well, she shouldn't be doing a British novice on that horse because that is yeah. too good. And, and they'll judge me. And, and like all of this talk that I put in yeah. my own head. The, ne- the negative chatter yeah. that he talks about. And mm. I thought... I, I actually put that thing fuck. about the... Like, I actually put that thing about the ego on my Instagram. I, I, I actually quoted it on my Instagram because that, for me, that was a really powerful bit. And I was like, you're right. It's so true, isn't it? Yeah. I was literally like, <coughs> when I break it down, why I'm not going to go to this show is predominantly ego. Whereas what he said about people who do things for pride is they don't mind going the long route, the slow route. Mm. They don't mind what people think about them or what people say about them. 
Mm. They're there to get better. And I thought, do I think I can go to that show and improve? Yeah, I do. So then I'm going to go. And I, and I did it without realising, obviously it, it resonated as well with me this bit because I actually wrote about this. I wrote about some, you know, I went to um, Burnham Market and actually one of those days were on paper. I should have been really pissed off. You know, it wasn't a brilliant dressage. And then I had Not a clear show paper. jump in. Not a great down paper. <laughs> I, then I had a clear show jump in. And then I was pretty much all the way around a really tricky cross-country course. And I picked up a run out. And I was on for a double clear. And I should have come away thinking, oh, I'm so pissed off. You know, my ego should have yeah. said, you know, you should have got a double clear then. But you know something? I was so proud of myself that day because I bashed through a lot of worries that I'd had. I hadn't wanted to go. I was worried about the show jumping. I hadn't been show jumping very well up to that point. I came away absolutely bursting with pride for myself. And quite often, particularly horse people, we're a bit frightened to say that we're proud of ourselves. Yeah. You can do something really, really well and you'll go, oh, it's just because my horse is brilliant. I've just got a brilliant horse. But you don't really say, do you know something? I've done that really well. Yeah. And I'm really proud of myself. And we just don't give ourselves that luxury. Well, so I, actually, I decided enough, to... Sorry. I, no, I no, rang my sorry. trainer and um, she said, and I said, I went jumping. And she was like, I didn't know you were going jumping. Or, you know, usually yeah, I would yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, it was a spur of the, like, spur of the moment decision. And she said, how did it go? And I said, I'm happy with how I rode. And then when mm. I said it, I was cringing mm. because I was mm. thinking... I, like should I be saying that because yeah it felt really wrong to say that mm. and she was like well that's really good because she actually is someone who's quite good at doing that and um, she was like well that's really good and I, I said I think I got my ass in the saddle and I rolled the canter and she was like yeah good exactly for her it was just like yeah good that's good whereas for me I was like and also, oh my god I'm just saying I was like happy that's weird yeah and she's your trainer and we because that's the thing one of the other things that a lot of things that people worry about is what other people think of us yeah i felt so like, like she would be thinking you're not good enough to be saying you're good exactly so like what and then for, for that one day i i was very liberated from that i thought because obviously with eventing our results are out there anyone can put yeah. my surname in or the horse's name in and they can see so i and i know for a fact there will be a couple of people out there that probably take a little bit more interest in my results yeah. than they should do. We all have that. And yeah, exactly. And so I know that they would have gone in and they probably thought it was quite funny. The fact that I didn't get this double clear that I, I it looked like I was going to get, but actually I being proud of myself. I was able to sort of shield myself from thinking yeah. what they were worried about. I thought, I'm not scared what they think of me. I don't care that they might think it's funny or they're going, oh, look, she didn't get a double clear or, oh, she had a run out. Because giving myself the opportunity to be proud of myself, like I said, it just, it shields you. I think it's something that this, this book, he talks about this and in a very factual, very way. And actually, sometimes when you read what he says, you cringe a little bit what he says. Yeah. The way Because you're sort of like, oh, you've got a high esteem of yourself. And it's just this thing that we have, particularly us being British. I was just about just... to say, it's so British, isn't it? I know. Yeah. We're not allowed to say, oh, do you know, I'm bloody good at that. Yeah. Whereas he knows what he's good at. Yeah. He knows what he's good at. Why can't he say it? Yeah. Um, because and... equally, one thing he mentions in the book is he knows what he's bad at. And he says, yeah. if you recognize and own what you're bad at, 
other people then don't claim that to make you feel bad. You know, he's exactly. I am big headed. I get, I, I do have a thing with that. Um, was it big? I think it was big headed, wasn't it? He's, and he sort of said, yeah. So if someone says that to him, he just says, I know I'm going to work on that. Yeah. We're striving to get better with that. And actually, yeah. yeah Cause we've all got bits of us that aren't so good. Yeah, you exactly. Own it and don't let somebody else say, you know, you're really bad at that. And we think, oh my God, that's really crushed me. Mm. To kind of go, yeah, like I am. I'm trying. My I, best. Exactly. I, I'm trying my best here not to be like that. But and so yeah, it does make you look at yourself in a very different in a different way. Um, and I, I love that stuff. What you, what he said there. What you just said about that about the um, you know, knowing what you're bad at as well. And I I, I mean. I think knowing our faults, the, pro- the problem that a lot of us have is we know our faults and we beat ourselves up for them. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm a terrible person because for me, I'm a terrible person because I'm really loud. I'm a terrible person because I'm always late. I'm a terrible person because I'm, oh, I've, there's numerous things, you know. But actually, instead of just, <laughs> just we could be here a long time <laughs> if I start reeling them all off, do you know what I mean? Um, but, we need to get that before Christmas, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> This was meant to be a short podcast, Carla. <laughs> but just saying to yourself, actually, I am just human. Yeah. And there's bits of me which are good and bits of me which need working on. Then that's fine. So I just, like I say, it's things like that. It's and giving like, me a lot of freedom. You know the bit about um, they went on that boat and there was this sort of the guy who was basically trying to pretend that he knew what he was doing. Yes, yeah. It. And I thought that was really powerful because he said, you know, if the guy would have just said, I don't know how to do that, Mm. he could have learned and it would have been fine. But instead, this guy was being led by ego and the need to, I can do this, I've got Yeah, yeah. And it's all fine. And when people were saying, do you actually? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Instead of just saying, I'm not so good at that. Would someone be able to just give me a hand with that? And I thought, again, that was very much him was he was saying like it was ego over pride. He wanted to be thought of as the best sailor instead of desperately wanting to be the best sailor, which would have enabled him to say, I don't know how to do that. Could you teach me? Yeah. And he said, that was the badge that you get. It's something that you should always be striving for. Yeah. So that was the thing as well. And actually it's, it's moved me on with something because, um, Lots of people have suggested to me about writing a book and I've started it and I've, I've got quite far with writing it and I've done nothing with it because I, my ego was saying to me, if you put this out and nobody buys it and nobody wants to read it, you're going to look a fool. You're going to look an idiot for doing it. And I don't want to put out something which would be a failure. And so my whole, it was easier for me to say, well, I'm not going to write it then. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because it might fail. And then I sort of read this book and it was actually that bit that you said about being on the, being on the boat. And actually, I don't have to put out a best-selling book. I just have to put out the book that I write the best I can. And then if, people, if I'm pleased with it and I'm proud with it and I, I, I'm happy to read it and I'm happy for my family to read it, then isn't that what matters more than what anyone else thinks? Yeah. So yeah, it kind of gave me a bit of a kick at the ass. So hopefully, watch your space. We might be able to get it out finally. Just it's motivating. But I don't know about you, but it has changed my mindset, and it's been able to let make me let go of some stuff. Like 
example, having to have this week off with not being able to ride, I stop the negative chatter going in and saying, well, if you don't ride, you'd have to do this, you'll do that. And everyone else is riding and you're not riding and you'll be crap and you haven't got out to any shows. You haven't done this, you haven't done that. And sometimes you just got to shield out that negative chatter, shield out that negative, that's a bit of a tongue twister, (laughs) and just say, look, I am where I am at this moment. And when I'm not in this place, I'll see where I'm at and keep going. You know, it's not beating yourself up a little bit. And, you know, it getting me to go to that show. Yeah. It, that was a massive thing and Ben said yeah. I, and to be fair I don't know if this is the book or if it was the fact that it was British novice but he said you were completely different to what you usually are and I think in my head I was just like yeah, I'm just there to train well why does that yeah. need to be any different when I go to a newcomers or a fox yeah um, you see because then that's always ego I don't want to look a fool in front of everyone at a show yeah. I don't want to have a bad round whereas actually I'm there to just try and get a little bit better than I yeah. was the time before do I think I can And also that? and also you can control your fear bubble a bit more. Yeah. So instead of being so anxious the whole time in the run up to it because you don't know what the course is going to be like or whatever. What I do to myself now was what I did at Your Horse Live when I was like, Oh, I don't know how many people are going to be watching. I don't know how Vince is going to be when I get in there. So I can't worry about that until I get in there. So yeah. I allocated my fear bubble to a specific point. Mm-hmm. And then when I went in and it'll be the same when you go in to do a course of jumps. So you do your warm-up, do your processes of your warm-up, come out and have your fear bubble at a specific point, which will probably be just before you go in the ring. Yeah. And then break through that, do your rounds. So instead of being anxious and nervous and worried the whole time, a lot of the time there's no point being anxious and nervous and worried because you're worrying about stuff you can't control. Yeah. You can't control how the course is built. You can't control what fillers are in there. So or who's going to be worrying watching. about it? Yeah. yeah, so there's no point worrying about it. So, so, so I definitely mon- think it is worth yeah. putting on your Christmas list. Oh, 100%. And if you've read it, please let us know what you thought. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I personally, like I said, I said a couple of times, I think it's changed my life. You've obviously taken a lot from it. Yeah. I'm so His first one's really good too. It. I've bought that, but I haven't read it because I just had to blitz through this one to get ready for yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I've, yeah, I really am excited to read that. Um, so the other one that I really just thought I had to mention because it helped me so much and I haven't actually read this for a little while. I read this a few years ago when I was in a dreadful headspace. Um, okay. I have never been as bad going to shows. I, I, it was crippling, like the nerves. Um, and I bought Brain Training for Riders and I've read a okay. few kind of different sports psychology books and all these different books. And yeah. I have not found any that helped me like this book did. Okay. It just had some really clear strategies. And you know, when you read a book and nearly every page, I was like, oh my God, yes. Oh, I do that. Oh, if I did that, that oh. would help me. Honestly. Really? I just, I can't recommend it enough. Um. It's really funny. You were just you were just saying something, and it reminded me of something I'd read in the book, where um, she had said this girl had been riding this horse, and something I think it was a windy day or something, and the horse bronked, really bronked, and the girl sat amazingly, stayed on the horse, and so she said to the girl, "You did really well there to sit on that," and she said, mm. "Oh, I know, God must have been watching me," uh, <laughs> and and she said, "Why do you do that?" you have ridden that really well. That was you. That was Mm. your capability that kept you on that horse. And yet as soon as something good happens, you say, oh, it was God. 
or yeah it's some external factor yeah 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 whatever and she said and yet when anything goes wrong you say that was me I didn't do this I did this too much or if you are going to own your negatives then you've also got to own your positives yeah god that is so true we all do that I I 100% do that if something goes right it was the horse or oh we all do that don't we lucky yeah. yeah whatever and yet if it goes wrong you can guarantee i'll be ironing my fingers um yeah and Iron your did. fingers i've oh, never that, heard that before that's what me and ben say like if if we've done something bad i'll have to iron my fingers um <laughs> you know where it came from to be fair <laughs> i've never actually ironed them i would never iron anything <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and the other thing that sh- that really stuck out was um she said that one of the exercises she gets horse riders to do, because what I love about this book is it's sports psychology, but it's sports psychology for riders. Okay, yeah, yeah. You read this and you're like, yeah, we all think the same. You know, you you think a lot of the crazy stuff that goes on, is just you, but actually it is clearly across the board. So she said, Mm. list 10 things that you are good at as a rider. That's your exercise, okay? So I... I don't think think I could. I'd I'd probably get up to about three. I was just about to say, so I racked my brains and I got three. And the next page of the book, she says, I bet you didn't get 10. (laughs) No horse rider will get 10. And that was amazing. And she said, right now, I want you to give yourself credit for all the little things. Yeah. Anyway, went away and thought about it again. And I still couldn't get to 10. She said, I bet you still didn't get to 10. (laughs) Like you have to now ask your trainer or your husband or ever find someone who can give you 10 good things and yeah, yeah. you own those 10 things that you are good at. And it's things mm. like that where I'm just like, wow, to not even yeah. be able to think of 10 things and you straight away said exactly the same as me. Yeah. Like I couldn't. And actually, you know, we're both, we're competing. Like there mm. are 10 things that we can do well. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah okay I'm, but I'm a positive rider mine was I think I think I'm sympathetic with the horse yeah no I'm that was one I was gonna say I, was, I said kind in my head I thought I'm a kind rider I'm yeah. sympathetic I, I'm not I'm not a hard rider I would say that particularly on a cross-country course I'm positive mine were like I think I work hard <gasps> yeah I work I'm mm. <laughs> sympathetic with the horses and I think I have quite a good feel for things like straightness and whether they're maybe not moving quite right or and but actually then they're not really they're all things that I yeah do. yeah you know they're not I think even those are hazy points aren't they yeah 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 so, honestly I would absolutely I could well, I will. Do you know what? I will. I'll put that on my Christmas list. I'll put <gasps> yes. it on my Christmas list. I won't get you, but you're going to get raisins. But get it. On your I, list. My, I'll get me yogurt covered <laughs> raisins. Yeah, yeah. I'll put that on my list, and we'll see how it goes. That sounds really interesting. Really it was good. so interesting. It was because in the um, Aunt Middleton book as well, I folded down the corners. You know, particularly relevant yeah, yeah. things. This book literally pretty much every page is folded, so I had to start highlighting <laughs> things because otherwise yeah, yeah. the whole book was just. So yeah. yeah, that's everybody. We need you to put those books on your Christmas list and let us know do. what you think of them. So we're going to quickly move on to 
our questions. The first question is, do you have a life motto? Well, go on. That's it for me, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much it. Quite often I'll say to myself, because to be honest with you, there's not many things in life that you can't get done if you don't apply, if you apply a bit of go on. <laughs> Fair enough. So, you know, if, if, if it's all going wrong, apply some go on, you'll be all right. So I'm sticking with go on basically that's my life motto mine is is the juice worth the squeeze Mm, good i heard it on this really weird movie i can't remember what it was it was something about like teenagers doing like a porno or something to try and pay for something i don't know it was was a really weird shitty teenage film sort of film you're watching i know it sounds it sounds like i'm watching some sort of really but i think it was like a fifth well i never watch anything rated higher than a 15 because i get scared oh. very easily <laughs> yeah no, i do as well i couldn't sleep for three nights but i had to sleep with the night on three nights after watching the sixth sense i mean you am ridiculous yeah like, it's like a horror like film frost that yeah cry yeah i had to stop watching goggle box because watching them watch scary things yeah. frightened me too much i couldn't watch it so yeah i promise so. you it was nothing x-rated <laughs> um, but anyway yes it was the shittest film ever but it had is the juice worth the squeeze and you know what it is i found myself more and more and this is like it was years ago i use it with mm. pretty much anything because i think similar to you i'm kind of like but is it worth it though and yeah if it's not then fine don't do it and if it is then go on <laughs> like on. Go on. It, it, it all it all works if you apply some go on trust yeah. me so they're quite similar. So our next question is, I thought this was quite a good one. Which horse professional would you send your horse to if you had to send your horse to professional? Oh, uh, without a doubt. My, my trainer is Sharon Hunt. So, okay, but you're not allowed um, to we'll veto her. Someone oh, else. Oh, go. <laughs> you go first. Well, I think. Um, to me, it's never been anything... I've never even considered it. Well, it's not something I've considered because ne- I haven't won the lottery and I'm not, well, I, I'm intending to, but it just doesn't seem to be forthcoming. Andrew Nicholson. I could send him to Andrew <laughs> Nicholson and then sneak up and lick him. Genius. Yeah. There we go. We'll do that. I'll go to Andrew Nicholson and I'll pay him in licks. I think probably Scott Brash mm. and maybe... I just kind of admire, I think he's very like professional and cool. And Mm. I don't know, he just never looks flustered or, but then do you know who I really like? Maybe I think I'm going to edge it. No, I'm going to change. William Whittaker. I really like him. I just think he looks kind of like, just kind and happy. And I I think I might have a little bit of a secret crush on him. (gasps) Do you want to lick him? I don't know if I want to lick him though. I have quite a specific. No, you type. do. Look at your face when you're talking about him. <laughs> I really you like do. him. You want to lick really, him? Really like him. I don't know. I don't know if I'd lick him. I'd probably be more likely to lick um, that Aventer. You know that Ludwig. Yeah, he's quite lickable. I, I would lick him firmly. Mm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> just like a Labrador, though. Can we just as the same here, people? That haven't listened before. We're talking on the face, not yeah. like not this inappropriate. Just not inappropriate. Not inappropriate <laughs> licking. <No. laughs> What's wrong with you, people? Just on the cheek. 
it's perfectly innocent and yeah. normal. I I like him. But so I'm not licking William. I will send my horse to William and I'll lick Ludwig. I, she okay, didn't so. ask that. I've given this is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we're going with Andrew Nicholson so that I can just get in there with a the lick. He's a nice, he rides nicely. I don't yeah. think he'd like Vince, if I'm honest. Oh, really? I don't, th- no, I don't. I think Vince is a bit, I, d- I don't think there'd be a lot of professionals that would like Vince, <laughs> if I'm honest, because, <laughs> I mean, I love him to bits, but he's a, a quite an opinionated fella. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I just, I just don't think that he would work. But anyway, yeah. Okay, so we are going to move on to our wanker of the week. Now, I have got a confession. I don't have one this week because <gasps> I did two last week. I couldn't okay. think of one. And I got a really funny story. And I thought, I'm going to read this instead. So, Hooligan's Legacy, who got... I hope it wasn't an anonymous wank of the week. If it was, I've just outed you. But people, no, no I don't think I don't think she was anonymous because her name rings a bell for 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 winning a wank of the week. So I sent it to her, and so she sent me a message and said, "I love my rosette. It was made even more comical that I had it sent to my parents' house because they are always in. They mistook it for a parcel they were waiting for and opened it, and they thought." <laughs> that she had sent them a rosette with the Wanker of the Week on. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that phone call? Like, Thank you for our present like that. that... <laughs> that really genius voice that your parents use when they talk. Thanks for your prayer. To be fair, they're quite pretty rosettes until you look at the fact that they've got wanker written across them in massive letters. I mean, they're very nice rosettes. It's high quality merchandise. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Funny though. Amazing. So yeah, I love that. So I thought that's better than me racking my brains for a shit story. So our nomination this week, is that right? Nomination? Anyway. Yeah. Um, is from... She hasn't said, I don't think, that she wants to be... She, you're not anonymous. Um, is Kira Burns. And she says, I was paying my truck... So she's from Australia, so she can't get on board with... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was paying my truck registration somewhat last minute. So when the mechanic check came through online, I went to pay it straight away from my phone in the shops. I put in my card details and it didn't work. For once in my life, I knew that I did actually have the money in the account <laughs> before being there. Um, So I pulled out my wallet to check I typed in the card properly. I looked at the card and saw the expiry as 11.19 and swore profusely. It was the 1st of November and my stupid card had expired. My lovely friend was with me, so we transferred the money to her and used her card to pay the registration. But I still needed money for the fuel, etc. for the show. So, being the antisocial introvert I am, I figured I'd go to the bank and get out the cardless cash. My phone had other ideas and decided it had no service near the bank. So finally, I was forced to go in. I walked up to the woman who directs you to the teller and told her about my expired card, and she reminded me that I should have got one in the mail. I was forced to explain that I didn't have a letterbox anymore. That's a whole other (laughs) whacker of the week story. (laughs) She sent me to the teller, and I explained my predicament a second time, and she asked me to give her the card. 
Luckily, as I handed my card over, I looked at it and realised that the expiry was 0321. No, I don't have another card. How did she think that was 1119? She just said she swears that it was 1119 when she looked at it last. (laughs) Red-faced, I admitted I was an idiot who possibly had a stroke earlier and my card was in fact fine. But wanting to help me, she asked me to hand it over anyway and asked for proof of ID. So I handed her my license, which had expired a few months before. (laughs) Did I mention I don't have a letterbox? I swear I did renew my license. I just don't have the card. When she asked for more ID, I went to hand her my Medicare card before realising that that had expired too. So trying not to look like I was committing fraud, I went for my student ID, which is technically expired, but it doesn't have a date on so they wouldn't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay on my lack of brain function and came with me to use the ATM, presumably thinking I wouldn't know how, which to be fair. I, could have, oh, I can't think why. I can't think why. I can see that. Oh my with God. With the only bloody card in my wallet that wasn't expired, the one that I took to her thinking it was expired. <laughs> oh my God. You, what a wanker. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Christ. But you know, I love that story. If anybody else has stories like that, that made me feel better about my own life because I know so many of my cards are expired. And actually I had my auntie was transferring me some money the other day and she said, um, what's the name, what's your name, you know, to put into your account. And I said, um, oh yeah, that's Lahani. She was like, what? And I said, I've never changed it. I've been married nine years. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I've still got it in my I think I've still, I think I've still got a couple of things in my maiden name. I've been married 15 years. Yeah. It's handy to have just in case. <laughs> just in case I want to like, <laughs> pretend to be someone in else. In case you get chocolate it. raisins for Christmas. Yeah. Yogurt covered. <laughs> I think chocolate. you're fine. Yeah, not even that good. <laughs> not even chocolate. Yogurt covered. Um, I don't know where to go with that because, well, my one was a bit, some people might have heard this story. So, you know, I had, horse box woes so this lovely mechanic came out and um sorted out my horse box and then so I drove it I drove to my trainers and then left it there and then when I went to start up to come back from your horse life it wouldn't start and I thought I'd left an interior light on and flattened the battery so I got a jump start and I was driving around I was thinking this is really sluggish it's really weird but I thought it was just because it had a jump start then I needed to go back over to my trailers at one point, loaded Vince up, bloody thing wouldn't start again. So I jump it again, thinking, oh, the battery's on the way out. And literally, I was having to keep my foot flat down and it wouldn't even rev, it wouldn't do anything. So I had to unload the horse, yada, yada, yada. So I phoned this mechanic up and I was proper arsy with him. I was like, I have paid all this money for you to fix my horse box and it's not running okay. I was like, this is not, this isn't on. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I can't think why it's not running. I'm so sorry. Anyway, they came out. He's uh, uh, Carlo, he said, um, you do know that your fuel tank's empty, don't you? <laughs> so basically it had no fuel in. And then I've driven it with no fuel in. And I've basically dragged all this like sludge uh. from the, di- the diesel tank all the way through all the pipes. So it required quite a lot of work. In my defence, now that I have a defence here, <laughs> it, I honestly I do have a defence. Um, my petrol cap was missing, 
and basically what's happened is it looks like some thieves there's been a, a, a spate of fuel thefts in the region where they've come stealing heating oil they've obviously come up to the farm to steal heating oil we don't have heating oil here and so they drilled off my they obviously went thought the horse box would have the most amount of fuel in so they drilled off my petrol cap and drained my diesel tank so I didn't know, okay. although possibly maybe should have noticed the fact that it didn't have a petrol cap was, on or diesel cap, fuel well, cap, whatever it is. Surely your fuel, your fuel gauge said empty. Yeah, but like, you're, I don't look at that sort of thing, do I? <laughs> do you? I've well, just turned it on. It starts or it doesn't start. <laughs> my, speedo, my speedo doesn't work. It hasn't worked for ages. I have a little app on my phone that I use. Should yeah. I admit that? Ben's so anyway the speeder doesn't work it hasn't yeah, worked for a very matter. very long time I, mine's never worked on the lorry it actually broke i actually bought the lorry and i was driving it home and the speedo broke that is that would like, happen to me <laughs> my life is like <laughs> an alanis <laughs> morissette song that shit would happen to me <laughs> and i was like wow so i got home and said what do i do and someone well, there's nothing you can do now you either get it fixed or not so i didn't <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, so basically, I had to then eat humble pie with this poor mechanic or something. When he <laughs> I said, like, yeah, so basically, he's like, said, it's got no fuel in it, so he fucked it. So I was like, and I've been really arsy with him. So I was like, I'm really sorry. Can I make you a brew? So I was like, making him a coffee while he like fixed the lorry. You're covered raisins. <laughs> Here we go from my care package. But oh my God. So anyway, but it, I had caused a bit of damage with driving it with no fuel in. Um, dragging this sludge through um, yeah, so it has cost down. so it has cost me another couple of hundred pounds which i can't afford at the moment so basically the other thing is that these they're wankers too actually my son's a bit of a wanker but that's a different story um <laughs> Carl, you know just throwing nominations at willy-nilly just, now. you're all wankers <laughs> so basically these arseholes we'll call them arseholes all right okay. the thieves that came up and stole my diesel they were arseholes yeah no they, for them. um yeah, they're not getting a rose there. They got my diesel. And also, in the, um, in the luxury twin unit mobile home that we currently live in, our heating, our heating, our cooking, our hot water comes off massive gas bottles. And through the winter, we have a spare one in case the two that we have have run out and it's a weekend and they haven't been able to get us a new bottle out. We ran out on Sunday morning. Guess what? The arseholes had nicked our spare gas bottle. So I was like to her husband, we were all like freezing. And you should have worn your dressing gown. You'd have been fine. I would have been actually. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I think I folded it up and put it away. So anyway, we, we had no hot water, no heating, no way of cooking. Well, unless we microwave stuff until we could get these gas out. I was a little bit angry with the world. I'm not going to lie. And then I had my son's school phone me up. He's a wanker too. And this is my child. I'm allowed to call him it. So he got into trouble at school because he completed his homework. He'd done some homework. And the teacher said, here you are, Isaac, let me have your homework. And he didn't, then decided he didn't want to hand in his homework. So he ate it. What a wanker. So what I get phoned up that? by the school. Like, what, That's what I said to it. him. Was he hungry? Did he not? Is this because he'd run out of gas? He has a bit of a thing at school. He does like these, he stages these protests. Like one time he got into loads and loads of trouble. We could be here a long time talking about the reason my son's got into trouble at school. So we had the one time when he got put into like an exclusion thing at school because 
he was looking on the school computers and he found a picture of his French teacher. And so he blew up the face of the, from this picture and photocopied it and printed it out and made it into a mask. And then he sat in his French lesson wearing the mask of the French teacher and refusing. And every time the French teacher spoke, he repeated it like he was being the French teacher. So, yeah, he got an exclusion for that. <laughs> then he also then got a detention and it wasn't even he didn't even do well. He didn't do something naughty in the end. His friend got a detention and my son went along as his legal representation. <laughs> Oh my god, I hope Henry's not going to start throwing this shit at me when he's older. I haven't got the fucking strength for this nonsense, honestly. <laughs> so, so basically, I've started off nominating myself for a wanker, and I'm just throwing it out there. I'm a little bit angry with the world, aren't I, today? I'm angry at my husband for not getting the care package, my, my fake care theoretical care package, right? Not getting it right. Yeah. My son for eating his homework... You know what he was missing? Some yogurt-covered raisins. Yeah, that's probably why he was hungry. <laughs> that would have him. Thing is, though, it's like, when she phoned me up, she went, oh, we've had an incident with Isaac at school. And I was like, all oh, right, yeah. She went, yeah, yeah, it's homework. But do you know like, what? what disturbs me about that is you've, <laughs> you've gone to the trouble to do it. <laughs> that's what she said. She said he'd done his homework. It was completed. The teacher had seen it, so it was definitely completed. And then before the teacher handed it in, she then went back and said, Isaac, where's your homework? And everyone was laughing. And Isaac said, I've eaten it. Well, actually, do you know, I wasn't <laughs> going to mention this on the podcast. It's, it's a bit of a Debbie Downer, to be fair. But so Henry was, I don't know if you could call it a wanker, but fuck me. He literally nearly gave me a stroke. So <laughs> last weekend um, was my, gran- my granny's birthday. We went to my granny's house. And um, Henry was eating a toffee and swallowed it whole and started to choke and oh my god honestly it was the worst fucking experience of my life like we still now like i just That's scary though isn't it i just burst into tears like at random times mm-hmm. thank the fucking lord my auntie is a nurse and was there mm. and was able after a good long time was able yeah to get to it up get it out and he was just vomiting and vomiting and vomiting oh oh i know they, everyone was just covered in it um but yeah so that was kids that was kids. he was a bit of a Basically, kids are wankers don't let them put anything <laughs> in their mouth toffees homework any homework. of that shit it's just it's too much trouble Oh, I'm feeling the pressure today. Anyway, I think should we? I think we. I think we'll call it with that. Before we start that, calling anybody else a wanker, I'm very angry with the world today. I really am. Yeah, I need <laughs> I'm blaming like, my husband. I'm going to need a lot more rosettes. I think. Oh no, I'm blaming we my need husband to, for we the need to award. I think we have to award the Australian. Oh God, yeah, shit, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. I'm really, I love that you sent us that though, because honestly, you have made me feel not alone in the sort of shit that yeah. I pull. This is something I would do. And I honestly, I th- thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode. <laughs> um, so if you want to send us any of your thoughts on the books or keep the trot up things, we're loving that. 
um, or your Christmas lists. You might give us some more ideas for things to add onto our Christmas lists. Yes, please do. Um, then you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Book Off Banter. If you want to send us something really long, then you can do that to bookoffbanter at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.